Hi, welcome to the Xbox World Strongcast. Hope you're all well out there, and uh, thanks for tuning in. We uh, we've got loads to talk about this week, and uh, especially because our new look issue went on sale yesterday. But uh, let me introduce who I'm with. I'm here with the usual suspects, Mike. Hello. And Matt. Hello. So uh, we'll start, I think, by just having a quick chat about our new mag. Hopefully everyone out there's uh, got a copy and uh, has an opinion of it in some way. We've had some feedback already, and uh, I have to say that most of it's been really nice. So thank you to those who've, who've, who've got in touch. Uh, a couple of people not, not quite so happy with the direction it's gone in, but that's okay. You know, we're not, we're not, we, know we didn't expect everyone to be... Hundred uh, percent happy with with the changes, but we're, we're we're happy with them. We think it's it's come out really well, and uh, and if you haven't had a chance to to have a look at it, you should get down to the shops now. It's uh, it's 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 got a brand new masthead on it, so don't get caught out. And um, by masthead, I mean logo. You know, uh, don't get caught out by looking for the old one. It's it's brand new. It's got a massive Xbox in the uh, in the masthead, so that should be a dead giveaway. Uh, and it's got Saints Row on the cover. We've got three different Saints Row covers. One special one for subscribers uh, with a big old man with a cat face. Professor Genki. Uh, which we think looks really cool. Uh, and tons of stuff inside. It's really it's really top to bottom. We should say that that cover is so exclusive that we haven't seen it. We haven't yeah, got it in the we office. We haven't actually Only got a copy in the office. Haven't. Yeah. Um, and subscribers will know that, that Mags turned out uh, a little later than we'd like. Uh, I just want to uh, want to p- clarify that there's nothing to do with us. We sent out the issues last uh, last week. They sh- subscribers that should have been with you beginning of this week. Um, so blame Royal Mail. Yeah, bank holiday Royal Mail, and we got our copies late as well. Yeah, we didn't get ours until yesterday. So anyway, um, if you've got a, if you've got, I'm not going to go through the whole thing because um, we, we we want people to go out there and. And have a look at it and take it in and, and get back to us with their feedback based on us not trying to sell you what's uh, what's in the mag. We just uh, really would if like. If anyone's interested in like the making of the magazine, because there is a podcast on the actual. Yeah, definitely. The yeah, there's on there's on the disc. The, the, I think it's next issue. Car. No, the Insider Cast. Uh, both, in fact, this issue and next right, issue, okay. there's stuff about the, the mag. Which will give you a bit of an insight into the decisions behind it and why we've gone where we have and that that kind of stuff. But but like I say, please please run out and get get a copy if you haven't already and please do get in touch with your thoughts either on Facebook, on Twitter, via email, any way you want really. We, uh, we, we just love to hear from you. So... That's the selly bit out of the way. It's new issue on sale today. Uh, if you haven't got a copy, then you really need a copy um, just because your friends are going to be laughing at you. And, and I saw on um, on Twitter last night, Mike, that someone said it was even attracting a member of the opposite sex. Yeah, a guy took it on, to, uh, guy took it on the bus. Good, he said, good tweet, he, he, said he, he said he caught, uh, caught a girl and almost smiled at him. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Yeah. Almost. I mean, that's, that's, that's better than... Almost, almost frowned him. Yeah, that's right. So um, look, give him a sideways glance. So proven to attract the opposite sex. Proven, and, and I think you know we can all get behind a magazine that does it's, that. It's, it's, um smells nice too. It's a nice smelling magazine. Yeah, very that's nice. I'm not man. saying rub it on yourself or anything. No, it's oh, not, I mean, it's not like do. it's not like sort of late nineties FHM, which had so or GQ, which had so many inserts in. Yeah, you could sort of you had an enough like aftershave to last you a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you just rub a magazine all over yourself every time yeah. you go out. So um, let's talk about games. Obviously, what what have we been playing this week? Silence. Yeah. Uh, so I've been playing a lot of stuff. Um, I guess the game everyone at home is playing is Deus Ex. Yeah. But because pellets are frigging douche, we can't talk about it for fear of spoiling it. No, we can just we not can. the end. I played a can't lot. Can't talk about the end. Well, I was planning on dropping massive spoilers all over this podcast. We can't. Bear in mind, it's been out a week, so there's a lot of listeners. Hey, our, our readers are dedicated, man. Loads of those have played for that game already. There's people talking about the ending on our, our Facebook page already, so beware of spoilers if you're reading our Facebook page. Um, 
So Deus Ex is the big game everyone's playing. I actually jumped back in. I've been doing two runs. Uh, I played it once and did the uh, the pure stealth run. Uh, set it to the hardest setting. Went through the game. No alarms. No kills. Apart from the stupid ass bosses. So I'm sure everybody hates. Uh, got to the end of the game. That's that's quite the achievement. That's quite. That pleasing. is good. That's quite. That's really good. That. Yeah. yeah. It, it and didn't and hurt was it all. a markedly different experience? Uh, yeah, markedly different. Right. Okay. Like uh, you, you play very. You play it so differently. And and. It's uh, that is honestly that's like the most fun way to play because that's the most definitely most challenging way to play. Right. Well, you know, if you say it's the hardest setting, it's not really that much harder if you're playing pure stealth, mm. because the enemies I don't think become that much more aware. Even a little more aware, maybe, but not that much more. Uh, mostly, it's just it's, it, the difficulty is affecting bullet damage, which of course, if you're playing with no alarms, you know, one's ever going to fire a shot at you anyway. Mm. Uh, you know, no one ever knows you've been through that world. I was also doing every single quest in the game. And doing some of them a little differently to how I did them before. But once I was done with that, I, was, I decided, you know, it's time to time to just do one thing I haven't done with this game yet, and that's just do the whole hate Jensen run. Right. Take some hate to the streets. So, uh, tooled up, biggest guns I could find. Head out, head out, and hit the streets. Anyone, anyone messes with Jensen, they get it right, bad. Okay. So there's a some um, there's a quest later in the game where a barman gives you. A job to do. He says to you, listen, um, this uh, crime boss, his name I won't mention for fear of spoilers, this crime boss, he's, um, he wants he wants some money off of this woman. He paid for an org that this woman had, which helps her do her job. It's a chip in her head. So he wants this. He wants you to go and collect the money. You're like, well, you know what, I could do that. It pays well. And, and what the reward is a practice kit. And a practice kit is an instant level up. That's like the best reward you can get in the game. And the run I'm doing is, is playing such a breakneck speed with so little hacking and so few quests being completed properly. Mostly I'm just going around punching people and stabbing them. So I'm not really completing a lot of quests properly. So I'm leveling up is really important. I'm not getting a lot of points from the usual methods. So I roll onto this chick's house. And I never liked her snooty attitude the first time round when I actually did help her. She's like, listen, I, I needed this thing. I borrowed the money off the, off the mob because I work all this time at university to, to not be able to do my job. I need this org to do my job. And I, yeah, I borrowed money off of them, but this, they're, they're an extortion racket. They're just going to make me pay for this for the rest of my life. And the first time around, I was like, yeah, you know what? That's right. That's just, that's just true. And I went back and I paid off her debt, right. basically bought a practice kit. Not the second time. This, uh, this time I said to her, I said like, listen, I feel for you. I really do. I'm going to need that. Uh, I'm going to need that, that money. She's like, listen, I ain't got the money, and hey, listen, look, if you want to take it, you can try. You can, you're gonna, you're gonna have to take it from me. And Jens, I, well, you know, you can select the option. I'm like, well, you know, that's not gonna be a problem. I will take it. She's like, oh really, you're Mr. Big Man? Oh, look at you, the tough guy, huh? So um, I think what she probably expects at that point is for Jensen to maybe lay her out. What she didn't expect was for me to drive two swords through her chest, lift herself like three feet into there and toss her across the room, right. rip the chip from her skull, take it back to the barman. I did that. I said, give the chip to the barman. He says, uh, he says what's this? What's this bullshit? I don't, want, I don't want a chip. I want the money. I said, well, you know, she wasn't she had money, so here's your chip. He says, what? It's bullshit. And he says, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to pay anything. Get out of my bar. Right. That was, that was, not, a good, that was not a good thing to do. So, uh, so I wonder what happened next. So, so about 10 minutes later, after everybody in the club was dead, um, whether they were innocent or guilty yeah. or whatever, Didn't matter. I, I left the barman alive because he, was, um, he, was he took cover behind the bar when I set off my typhoon system. Right. 
And then I, um, I, I, I used a crossbow to impale his head to the bar frisked down his body and took the practice kit. <laughs> right, okay. So everything works out well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything works out well. It's good. Now, I did say in my review, I'm not a total psycho, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm playing, I must say, I'm playing a role. It is a role-playing game. Uh, the funny thing is, I said in my review, like, the game basically adapts to everything you do. And it really does, like, to a point. Like, in the, uh, in the Detroit area, I actually went on a little killing spree in the alleys between Jensen's building and the petrol station. That's not a little rampage. Because um, some of them saw me take down, I think, Tyndall. Because Tyndall was like, hey, listen, I need to check out these drug dealers for me. I was like, nope. So I took t- stabbed Tyndall, took uh, the video off of him. And some guys saw me. They attacked me. A bloodbath ensued. And later on in the game, the newspaper actually said, you know, um, uh, there was a, a, a spate of killings in this area. Uh, it's believed to be the work of one man, possibly one of the, the gangsters, but here's a photo composite of his face, and it's like, it looks a little bit like Jensen and stuff. And, uh, so it kind of it took that. But I did another mission in that club a little bit later on where I had to go and meet a guy in the club. You walk into the club and there's bodies everywhere. <laughs> Just bodies everywhere. No one's alive in this club. Apart from one girl who I must have missed the first time around dancing... <laughs> in, in like this sea of bodies and this one guy is sitting at the back of the club just uh, just, just, chill, just chilling out leaning back he's there he's, he's got a drink. really good time he's having a great time he's got a drink in his hand and he comes to him and I say uh, it's like normally it's crowded in this place but <laughs> yeah that's a really funny one as well because this is um, it's like a kind of weird pseudo L.A. Noir-esque mission where you have to go into this guy's house look for evidence that he committed a crime then go to him and present him the evidence as if you're blackmailing him. Like, I know what you did. You did all this stuff, and here's how you did it. And I'm going to extort money from you. And that's how you get his confession. You're not actually going to extort money. You get his confession that way. So I go to this guy, and I figure, well, the first time around, it's pretty obvious how he killed her. But you're given an option how he killed her each time. Basically, it's like, listen, you knew you were going to be safe because the police report was falsified. You had uh, connections in the army. You had connections in the police or whatever. So I go and confront him the first time and get all of the answers right. And he's like, well, man, you're freaking me out. And he's all right. Yeah, okay, I did it. But, uh, you know, what can we do to fix this? And second time around, I roll in and I'm like, listen, I know you did it. You used the baseball bat. Didn't use the baseball bat. And it's because you were connected to the police. He's not connected to the police. It's just Jensen, this guy, this guy standing there listing off a big <laughs> list of things this guy didn't do. And how he did them completely wrong. He's looking like a complete div. <laughs> Of course, that guy got stabbed in the end. Yeah, he didn't, did. Didn't, yeah. didn't end well for I him. I can imagine that's yeah. how it ended. Have you played any, Matt? Or I have. I've uh, played quite a bit actually. But I, because um, I was playing on on debug machine uh, for someone else, I didn't want to play it the way I wanted to play at home. So I played it pretty much as a straight up shooter. And like, you know, with every passing hour, I just see these things that I'd want to do. Like naturally, I want to take a stealthy route. At the, the you know the first level, I want to take the ladder up to the top mm. to the roof and then mm. drop in the and I is, wasn't able to do that even if you're playing pure stealth it's worth sometimes taking those routes because what you can do is you can get yourself into a better position sneak to a good position and then just lay waste to the room you know mm. that's basically even on this like this murderous run I've still been trying to stay quiet it doesn't really happen because it's kind of hard to be quiet and deadly it's um, hard to be quiet when you've left 30 yeah. bodies in a nightclub there you go yeah. um, and but you, you can totally see when you're playing it through, however you opt to play it, you can see all the different routes that would be open to you if, if you wanted to change up and, and try it a different way. Mm. And that's, I don't know, that's really exciting as a, as a gamer to play a game and know that you can revisit it and have a completely different experience. Mm. Um, now, I had a blast with it, but I'm going to play it properly in inverted commas uh, probably this weekend and beyond. There is definitely like a preferred way to play it. There's mm. definitely a proper way to play it, and that way is to hide. It's like, having said that, uh, the first time you meet a boss in a game, 
Like, the first time I met a boss was on the, the preview code. We had ten, the first 10 hours of the game, which ends at the fight against Barrett. And I rolled into that fight with him, like, with a first-class degree in hacking and, <laughs> and state-of-the-art stealth system. And, um, oh, God, like, I, had, I, 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 could, I, could, hack, I could hack any computer in the game. <laughs> and then a man walk, I walk into the room and a man pulls out a gigantic gun from his folding arm. <laughs> and just blows me away. There's nothing I could do. I had like one gun, uh, a pistol, which I've been using to stealth my way through the game. Like, the game does not prepare you for that. Mm. The boss fights are a bad choice. Mm. The funny thing is, the final boss fight isn't such a bad choice. I mean, no spoilers, but there are things in that fight you can do. Like you can shoot your way out of that fight, or you can kind of hack your way out of that fight. Uh, there's some clever things you can do in that final boss fight, which kind of like if you're going to do a boss fight, that's that's the way you do it. The final one. The other three, garbage. Mm. Garbage. Garbage. We actually had a question about um, Deus Ex on Facebook by a guy called David Street. He asks, if we could have any augmentation from, from the game in real life, what would we take and why? <laughs> what would you have, Mike? The thing is, a lot of Deus Ex's orgs are pretty useless in day-to-day situations. Like I mean, Icarus landing system, I'm not jumping off any rooftops. Well, you know what? Or maybe that's, I would if I did one, Yeah, that's one of yeah. the ones that I thought actually that might be interesting to have just for... No, it would be quirky how often, every now How and often then. are you up somewhere high enough that it would be worth it? How often do you, how often do you get to often. a rooftop and you go, oh, it'd be so much quicker if I could just jump off? Mm-hmm. It would be fun. Yeah, it would be a lot. It would but be like, a I, I went through the list and I was like, no, that's of no use. That's like the combat stuff, let's be honest. No use. Stealth, not it's, really used. No, it's got to be cloaking system, no. man. It's like, be... everyone's like, oh, I'll have punch through walls. Would you really, would you really go around your day-to-day life Clo- punching through the walls in your house? offers out some interesting... It offers uh, incredible <laughs> possibilities. I mean, you'll be a master criminal with cloaking system. I think I'd take, like, the um, the emotional intelligence enhancer and stuff. Oh, so you can read... Every, so you'd be Mr. Yeah. Charisma. You'd be Mr. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I could, like, force people to do other things just by... Suggesting them, fair amount in the shower. Yeah, I think that would be absolutely the best thing to have anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But that would be the best thing to have in real life, surely. I I roll out to people and uh, I will just do this chat. They think it's a normal conversation. I rub my armpit in their face. (laughs) See through walls. That'd be interesting. Yeah, Yeah. X-ray vision. X-ray specs. It's it's like every kid's dream, right? But the whole punch through walls thing. Can you imagine coming into work? (laughs) 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 Plus, you got plus you got you got have the arms for it as well. Who wants that? Who wants the giant robo arms? It's a good, interesting question, though. Yeah. It is a good question. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I like that question. I mean, how about... Uh, how about... Like, I, I mean, the only other ones to... I thought could be vaguely useful were like the move-throw-heavy objects. What, yeah, what, use, what use is a sword in my arm, you know? I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I, like, I can carry a sword if I need one. It's, not, it's, so, it's so rare that I actually need a sword. Like the health regen, just for like when you're sick. Maybe. Well, the thing is, they do mention that his uh, health regenerating system does basically handle everything. Like he, he, can't, he can't get sick. You know? Yeah, he's, there's no common cold anymore. Yeah, he's like his son is uh, when when he gets his vision adjusted at the beginning of the game. It's not his vision being repaired. It's actually his vision gets tweaked and it hurts him a lot. But then his repair system kicks in and fixes the damage. And you're like, actually, that would be pretty badass. I quite quite like that. I mean, the guy can take a, a gunshot to the chest. That's, that's that sounds pretty good to me. And but again, it's so rare someone shoots me in the chest. And yeah, that's about it. Sub-vocal comms, maybe you could find some... Well, having a radio you inside your head. Yeah. Nah. To chat to people, like... It'd be good for, I guess, kids That's in school. That's anyway. Kids that, in school that, when they're that, like, in exam situation. We're like, 10 years from that happening yeah, anyway. Yeah, basically like, that's, almost that's gonna, there, yeah. yeah, that's almost there. We're going to get, like... Tiny little chips in their got, ears Yeah, already. like little fellow, a little chip in your ear, connected, yeah. like Bluetooth to a chip in your hand or something. Yeah. That's not so far. I really don't think that's so far away. But, like, cloaking system... 
that's 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 fifty years away if, if we're lucky. Yeah. So like, I, I quite fancy that right now. Although there was a thing in well, where was I reading it? Um, I must have been in Wired or a magazine, something like that. And uh, there was a thing about how they were. They are working on it. Yeah, right? they're, they're working yeah. on the cloaking system thing. It's, There's lots of ways of doing it. There's lots of different a, ways. Like, they had a sort of photo of it that was not a massively convincing, I have to have to admit. I mean, I don't think I'd be fooled about it on the battlefield. Maybe from a distance you might be, yeah. but up close. It's not like the Predator or something. The thing is, like, you, the cloak system has to be better than just taping a load of leaves to your body and hiding in a bush. Yeah. Which, let's face it, like... Guys who are like the, uh, the SAS, for instance, I'm sure if they want to hide, they could do a pretty good job of hiding yeah. without the cloaking system. Yeah. Well, the dream of the cloaking system is being able to walk through a room and no one knows yeah. you're there. Yeah, like that's that's the challenge, right? Yeah, sure, disguising yourself as a table. That's right. And the thing with the cloaking system, let's be honest, a walking table might give the game yeah, away. Exactly. And, and the thing is, the cloaking systems they're working on at the moment, the very first stage of that really is like. Like chain using light, you know. So there's always going to be a, a lot of the ones they've been working on so far. Like you, they put this, literally loads of cameras on one and side screens. Yeah. and screens, and you project the image from behind you on the front. Yeah. That's just gonna. That's that's that ain't gonna work. I'm not sure it. how that really works on the back. You want you want predator style bending yeah. light around your body. Yeah, yeah. I want to be more invisible than the predator though. That guy's visible as hell. He's not. Yeah, in the jungle, he works quite well. But I can't imagine. Can, that. If you walked in the room right now, yeah, yeah. Be like, oh, so, <laughs> is that a big blur? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. pretty obvious. All right, pred. Uh, so Deus Ex is probably the biggest game of the, uh, of the moment and one of the biggest games of the year I mean yeah. it should be said it knocked uh, Zumba off the top spot we, we were joking around on Twitter the other week like, we got, we got to take Zumba down we got to take it down and uh, hey we did Yeah, it's a, it's a quality game which took it down um, and everybody can be proud of that because a game like that deserves success and you know what it wasn't an unknown quantity it really was we didn't know if it was going to sell Yeah, it was like when Bioshock launched a few years ago no one really knew we all hoped it was going to do well, mm. but all of us in the office were saying, "No, nah, it's not going to. It's not going to sell because it's an unknown quantity. Everybody wants the things they know." And hey, you know what? It's, this is just proof that like those daring, interesting, unique games—they've yeah. got a chance, man, and they're back. They really are back. Those kind of rich simulations from it used to be so popular on PC and kind of died away—they're they're due a comeback. And you know, Bioshock was almost that. And Deus Ex is the proper return to that. And you can't even really say with Deus Ex that it's it's the people who bought it the first time around. Because whilst I'm sure it is the people who bought it the first time around who are getting it, I mean, the the, the games industry is so much bigger now and there's yeah. so many people, more people well, in it and think, so much younger said, people who didn't even play Deus Ex. It sold more around. on Deus Ex Human Revolution, sold more on its first day than Infinite, an Invisible War sold in its entire life. Yeah. You know, it, it shows that there's the audience is like you say, so much bigger. People have been saying, like, like, before the game came out, a lot of the real hardcore Deus Ex fans were predicting doom for the game, saying, oh, this is bullshit, this, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this sucks, I don't like this. And I think what they've got in the end is actually a very authentic Deus Ex experience. I think that any existing fan of the game is going to be really, really happy with. But with that kind of opinion, like, knocking around, you've got... It's this sort of potential for it to be, to be locked out in one way, but you've also got to sort of accept... The games industry is so much bigger now. Mm. You cannot make Human Revolution if it sells what the original game sold. No. You cannot make that game again because uh, the original game I think it sold less than like three hundred thousand copies. If the game sells three hundred thousand copies now, they close the studio. Yeah. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. It's it's the game has to sell in the, the multi millions. Yeah. It's funny when I went over to um, to E3, I did uh, I did the cover story for official PlayStation on Aliens, Colonial Marines, and as part of that, I went to um, 
to meet Gearbox and chat to Randy Pitchford. And he was saying like they had a big list. They had a list of like five uh, IP that they want to make a game for. And Aliens was one of those five. But they got the rights to all of it. They they could have made any that they wanted. Mm. And on that list was Blade Runner. They had the rights to make Blade Runner. And they had like a plan they wanted to do. To be honest, when they described it to me, it sounded very much like what, um, what Prey 2 is trying to do. Mm. Um, and they said like the money needed to make that game, like... The game that we would have wanted to make would have sold about 400,000 tops. And like the money that they would have had to plough into that would just be crazy. They would have to shut down the studio the next day if that happened. Mm. The only way they could make a Blade Runner game is to make one that they didn't want to make. Yeah. One that just... Make, like, the, the Call of Duty, basically. Yeah, yeah and, and that would have sold, or might have sold, you know, you can never it would have made it for, money sure. for sure. Yeah, and, and they could have done that, but they, they didn't want to treat the license in that way. And, and uh, Maybe, like, Deus Ex is the proof that you could make that Blade Runner game right now, and it would sell. Maybe it you know, is. Maybe, maybe it is the truth that, you like, the world's ready for those kinds of games. Yeah, again. well, when, like I say, when they when they did describe it, it did seem very much like Prey 2, that type of thing. But imagine that... Bounty hunting with, in a big city, like... With, you know, the Blade Runner name. I think people now, certainly after Deus Ex as well, people would be receptive to that. And maybe yeah. that 400,000, you can times it by 10 eventually. I don't know. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, if Gearbox still have the rights, I don't think... Uh, I think they'd be wise well, to revisit it a couple of years How crazy is it that they're making Blade Runner 2? Yeah, I know. Making a sequel yeah. to Blade Runner, or possibly even a prequel. And Ridley Scott's doing He's it. He's loving it, Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott has lost his mind. Yeah. This is a guy who made Alien, he made Blade Runner, and then he made nothing but garbage for like 20 years. Mm. Then he made a few decent films. So you look at Black Hawk Down, that is a ripping action flick. The guy can do action. It's not a great movie, but the guy can do action. He made Gladiator, which is massively melodramatic, but again, it's a pretty decent flick. Yeah, it's a good, good like, movie. Ridley Scott always picks the weirdest films to make for a great... You know, for a great auteur, he he picks the weirdest films, yeah. and then he rolls, he rolls in. He's like, oh, you know what? It's been thirty years. I'll make a, I'll make a prequel to Aliens. I'm why I'll do Blade Runner as well. Yeah. You're like, why didn't you do that twenty five years ago? The, the, the thing with um, the thing, with, well, apparently they they were in discussions for him to do Alien Three, weren't they originally? Yeah, I think so. But um, but he he was on something else at the time. But the thing with Ridley Scott, I had just chatting to someone about this a while back actually the thing with Ridley Scott is that actually if you look at his list of films that he's done I think you hit the nail on the head they're not really I mean apart from like five or six absolute stormers yeah. they're not brilliant movies no, they're not brilliant movies he, he hasn't it's made just, great movies it's just the, the movies he, his direction is always great yeah he, he makes really well directed movies they're not necessarily the kind of movies that they're not attention grabbers. They're not great films or no. anything. I mean, you look at something like um, Kingdom of Heaven, for example, right? Yeah. Kingdom of Heaven beautiful is a looking beautiful film. looking I mean, film. It looks so but good. man, alive is it? it mis- <laughs> it's horribly miscast for yeah. one, and it's just so boring. Yeah. But um, I'm I'm sort of quite excited about Prometheus. I think that might be uh, all right. I'm very excited about Prometheus. I'm very excited about the new Blade Runner as well. Yeah. If they can get Sydney back on board as well. I mean, just amazing. Yeah. Like the faster thing. It's like okay, so. Ridley Scott has only done two sci-fi movies in his career. It just so happens they're the two most influential sci-fi yeah. movies of all time. Yeah. Like, there, there is no more influential, apart from maybe 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah. There is no more influential sci-fi film than Blade Runner. Yeah. And to be, to, to be fair, it is more James Cameron's Aliens. That's the influential sci-fi movie of those, yeah. of Alien and Aliens. But... It was really Scott who established the world in the first place, you know. Yeah, yeah. The thing with um, the thing with aliens is that uh, is that 
you know, even in the same way that with Blade Runner in terms of games, you know, you look at something like Prey 2, it is a direct riff on, on Blade Runner. So even now we're seeing those games constantly. And Aliens is the same, except that, you know, games aren't necessarily... But you know they they've riffed off aliens so much, but not yeah. necessarily in the sci-fi setting. So people perhaps don't realise how big an influence aliens has been. But that whole kind of mechanic, the the sort of fast talking marines. Every time and you that. lay down a sentry gun in a video game, yeah, some designer is sitting there going, oh, "I loved aliens." Yeah, I loved aliens. It's like and Halo has got the colonial marines in every level of the game. Yeah, you know you're right. This is touched every single every single game you you'd ever play. And it was good that James Cameron kind of referenced that as well. Said that because someone interviewed him and said, "Oh, you you know you, you stole a load of ideas in Avatar from video Halo, games." Yeah, so from Halo, yeah, it looks very much like the world. And he of was Halo. like, "Wait a second, wait a second. Yeah. I made Aliens, and everyone <laughs> since since Aliens has been nicking ideas from me." Yeah. So, <laughs> funny thing is, you look at James Cameron's back catalogue, and that is just a one stormer after yeah. another. It's just, yeah, man. it's just the Terminator, Aliens, <coughs> the Abyss. Uh, you know, True Lies. I sort of like the Abyss. I've got a soft it's too long. The, the end is a bit. It's Terminator too long, Two was the film of the nineties. You know, yeah. the film that defined the early nineties. Yeah, it's too, too long. The Abyss, mm. and it was it was built. It was a film built for like, oh, we've got this watery effect. Yeah. <laughs> James Cameron loves the ocean, man. He loves water. And you're like, oh, get over it, man. Seriously, get over it. It's like it's, I know. It's, I know you think the sea's really interesting, but <laughs> boring. It's like we, we don't care. Um, <laughs> Titanic. Yeah. So, Matt, what you've been? Uh, what you've been playing then? Very little, because I've been in New York this week. Yeah. This is, see, this oh is, yeah. This, so is fun, this is a funny story because Matt come, came back from New York yesterday, and he was. I, I, we all said, look, don't tell us. Save it for the podcast. But there are but it was not actually that good a story. No. Really? Yeah, well, he, he gave like, me the edited highlights yesterday. Well, I, so I went there on holiday. It wasn't a trip or anything. Because this was during the Hurricane Irene, right? Yeah, we went last week. Uh, we booked it a couple of months ago. First uh, Don't jump in, don't jump in. Sell it, sell it. It's your first trip first to New York. First holiday um, since honeymoon. You've always wanted to go to New York. Always wanted to go to yeah. New York. All of our life. <laughs> saved up, saved up, saved up. <laughs> booked five nights. That's nice, five though. nights. So I thought, yeah, if we're going to go do New York, we've got to properly yeah. so uh, we, we flew out day before we flew out Lucy's mum was on the phone saying uh, oh what's this about the weather she said what's this about the weather on the west coast I said what oh no need to worry we're on the east coast yeah, yeah. don't care about the west coast uh, nothing right. no bother get over there no worries here. get in uh, arrive Sort of get ripped off by a dodgy taxi guy, but it's all right because he tried to. You know that if you're outside of JFK and uh, LaGuardia, there's actually taxi ranks where. Yeah, although it was it's a set fee. It was like a yeah. massive. It was like a massive, um, a massive, massive queue, uh, and it's quite funny actually when we paid, and it wasn't actually much beyond the set fee, um, but when we paid, like he turned around and he'd swap like the fifty for a five. I said to him, "You just swap that fifty for a five and he like looked at me. I was like, "I just saw you do it." And Lucy's like, yeah, what the hell are you doing? And he backed down. I was like, yeah, F you. Get and in. then he pulled a gun on <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then he head. stabbed us. We, we um, got, that was the same when we went to Vegas. We, we came out of the airport and it was, uh, it was the taxi rank. There was a queue about seven miles long. And I was like, oh, my life. I, you know. And the, the, the irony with Vegas is the airport is literally next to the strip. You know, it's yeah. like five minutes from the really? hotels. But, but you can't walk it. But you can't walk it. No. So you have to get a taxi. 
And this this woman was like, hey, hey there, oh, we'll, we'll take you, where are you going? And he said, oh, going to the Luxor. And she said, oh, we'll take you there, you know. I said, well, how much is it? And she said, oh, it's the same price as the taxi. Yeah, I, said, I kept asking before. I said, how, mu- how much is it? And it's the same price as the taxi. I said, what? yeah, but how much is that? She quoted me some price. And then we got to the airport, um, got to the hotel, and she was like, and that's $35 for like a five-minute right. cab ride. And I was like, no way. I mean, you can't, no way. So that you do, I think it must be the same thing yeah. at all. So, um, so yeah, Mr. Taxi Driver, you're a prick, but uh, we didn't let you get one over us. So we got there, and then we turn on the news. It's like, oh, there's a there's a bit of a hurricane coming. Oh, a bit of a hurricane. <laughs> oh, oh dear, a hurricane that um, washed away entire towns. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so we were there for the weekend of Hurricane Irene, um, the first time in New York's history. That parts of Manhattan were evacuated. They sh- Mandatory evacuation. They shut down the city, basically. They shut, shut down, the- down the city. The subways were closed. The buses were gone. There was nothing there. Like, we were on the street Saturday night. We were, like, the only people on the streets in New York, pretty Cause, much. Because you were like, um, I've got to make the most of it while I'm so, here, right? So the weekend, most of the shops were shut, um, which is when we were going to do shopping. Because you guys are going to sigh now, but we, I think we got there Thursday. We got there Thursday night, late at night. On Friday... I know you're going to whinge and moan, but on Friday we went to New Jersey to go to Six Flags, a uh, great adventure theme the park. The theme park. It's like, <laughs> it's like the best Mike's theme- face is a picture then. It's <laughs> the best theme picture. park in the world, or one of the best. Unfortunately, they've got the world's tallest roller coaster there, but it was shut that day. Because of the hurricane. But, but everything else, not even that, I think really? it was just operational things, but everything else we went on, and it was really cool. Um <laughs> so the weekend was out shopping. New York. Right, we're off to New Jersey. <laughs> so we went shopping at the weekend. To be fair, I'm going to Tokyo it. next week and we land, we stay there for one day and then we head to Kyoto and we're there for three days and we go back to Tokyo and I was sitting there, going, sitting there thinking about it and I was like, oh, that's a really st-. just thinking about it today, going, man, that's a really dumb thing to do. <laughs> but it's all booked up now. Mm. Um, so Saturday we go out. Was it Saturday we went to Central Park? Yeah, so in the morning we wander up because we stayed very close to the Empire State Building and to uh, Grand Central Station. We were really central. Uh, sorry, Grand Central Terminal, I should say. It's not Grand Central Station, in fact. Um, we walked Ooh. up to yeah, we walked up to Central Park and then we got I halfway up Central Park and suddenly the heavens opened. I, I mean, saw we a just photo of Grand Central st- uh, Terminal with a guy... Because well, the subway's been closed, right? Mm-hmm. And there was one guy in there. Yeah, it was pretty and empty. It was a guy mopping the floor. I saw, <laughs> it was completely empty. I've never seen it. Yeah, that. it was pretty empty. To be honest, like every day that we went in there, it was pretty empty. You know, the thing um, is, Matt, is that really, I mean, you missed a massive trick. You should have taken your... Ca- I said to him, you take photos. He's like, nah, not well, really. Well, took I was a like, few. This is the only time you'll ever go to... days later yeah, time in New yeah, York. Yeah, the only time you ever go to New York where it's going to be like, yeah. like no one... Well, yeah, we took a couple, <laughs> took a couple of mobile phone shots. <laughs> so we went to Central Park. Heavens opened. Uh, so we, oh, yeah, there's loads of shelter in Central Park. Yeah, as well, so right? we uh, we had a pretzel. We got a bit wet, but we ran to some shelter. This little the pretzel man was out. Yeah, there were pretzel man in the middle of a hurricane. <laughs> so uh, this was before the hurricane was due to hit. So we sat there for about half hour under the shelter uh, by a lake, watching the terrapins eat bread, which was quite nice out mm-hmm. of the lake. Um, and then we wandered back. By which point things were starting to shut down. Including like restaurants and stuff. So we're quite worried because people need to get home, right? Yeah. The thing yeah. is, nobody really lives in Manhattan. No, they all live out in Bronx. Yeah. And so, to, and so to get back, they had to get back before the subways were just closed. Yeah. So we found one place. The bridges were closed. We found well, we found a couple of places that evening. So it was like, right, we need to know where we're going to eat later, or else you know we're going to go hungry. So we 
quickly got some lunch. We found Mackey's. a couple of places that were open. No, not Mackey D's. In a couple of places that, that, yeah. uh, White Wendy's. <laughs> that uh, were open that evening. So we Brand ate that Derby. night. We, 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 we should say to our listeners, we're only saying this because Matt's, Matt's palate is... That, that yeah, of a small it's child dis- is disappointing <laughs> yeah. to say the least. Sorry, if you keep on interrupting, but let's tell the story. Got soaked on the way back, made it back. We, by which point, we'd already stocked up for Sunday, for a, for a hurricane Sunday, Irene Sunday. Uh, so we had loads of junk food in, basically, yeah. loads of pretzels, uh, some croissants, bottled water. Uh, no, we didn't. Per personal generator. No, no, we filled. I, I filled a shotgun. I filled water up from the tap. We did have a big old bottle of root beer though, because we're both root beer fans. Yeah, I hear root beer's pretty good. I love it. It's crazy that you can hardly buy anywhere in this country. Asda do it though. Thanks, Asda. Um, were, were people in the hotel? Were like people still working in the hotels? Yeah, or, there were people right. working in the hotels, but it was like limited service. So like on the Saturday, our room wasn't cleaned. Right. Or sorry, the towels were changed, but the bed wasn't done or something. Right. To be honest, it's like it's, it's a not bad like day to piss on the bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. yeah. I really should have gone to the toilet that should night. Have, bad day to stove the TV. Should, should I mean, have soiled yourself after I mean, all that root beer. Let, 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 let's be honest, we don't change our sheets every night at home, so it wasn't really that big a deal having the same sheets two nights in a row. Um, but they had like all the signs out saying, "Oh, this is what's going to happen. Areas have been evacuated. You know, we might not be able to do certain things." Sunday morning, hurricane hits. Apparently, we look out the window for the morning. Like it's a bit rainy. Uh, we, we're watching so it's on the just news. Like a rainy day in Britain. We're watching. Not even that bad, to be honest. We were watching the news. To be fair, the lower parts of Manhattan, like the storm surge, meant that there were flooded streets. Because Manhattan's on a slope, isn't it? The, um, the far south of the island is yeah, much lower yeah. than the far and north. We saw some guys like the south of the island, like knee deep in water. Um, where? Because you've got the, the banks and the river, the Hudson was like lapping over the banks. And then from there, it's like a downward slope mm. into the city. So it's just running um, in. So there was some flooding there. To be honest, it was outside Manhattan. There was a lot of devastation elsewhere, like Long well, Island again, and Virginia. Again, we saw Virginia photos of entire stuff. towns vanishing. Um, but we were pretty unaffected. So we had our breakfast, we had our lunch, and then by about one o'clock, like there were people outside in shorts and t-shirts taking pictures. We're like, sod this, let's go outside. Mm. So we went. We walked all the way down to um, to One World Trade Center. Actually, long, long walk. How um, high is that now? Uh, well, they say it's only just over half done, but it's pretty damn high. Because like, it reckons to be done by 2013. I don't I see it myself. Like, Britain could never throw up uh, the bill. Because well, the height is set now. No yeah. no British company oh, can no. sling up the building. Well, it's, a tall, it's one of the tallest buildings in Manhattan currently. Well, already at, this, yeah. at half high. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Um, so, so, yeah, it's. Uh, so we went down there, and to be honest, it was quite blustery because there was less shelter and we were near the shore. Um, we were feeling some of the winds. But as we were walking down, like, they were opening a few shops on the way. So we got to buy a few things. And yeah, in the end, it wasn't like there was too much of an impact on our holiday. Like the weekend, a few of the shops we would have done were shut. So we had to kind of roll that over to Monday. And as a result, we didn't get to go see Statue of Liberty or, or Strong steak. And, 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 uh, Get some steak. Yeah, yeah, had some nice steak. Strong um, steak. And we couldn't go up to the top of Empire State because when we were going to, it was closed. Bummer. But... Good journey back as well time. here. Yeah, so, so that was fine. And then uh, the journey back... Um, Get on the plane, go down the runway, go to take off. Oh, so he's coming oh. up to speed? Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, so he's, got, he's pun- got the engines on. Punched. Yeah. We're going. We're breaking. What's going on? We're on fire. Oh, that's the worst. The wings are falling Aborted off. landing, that's the worst. Well, aborted take off, off yeah. So, oh, that's that's weird. Uh, yeah, it must, must be all right. Oh. Stewardess is like, uh, yeah, this... Hmm. 
So, I, so when I always there's a problem like, on a plane, hmm. I always look at the stewardesses. Yeah. If they're freaking out, yeah. I shit to yeah, myself. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So and that's happened on once. On one flight I've been on, I looked at the air stewardess and she had total terror in her yeah, eyes. Yeah, and that, I was like, oh, f- so That's happened a couple of times. So, oh, shit. It was in slow motion. So, so I think for a while, like we just sit there and then the pilot comes on. So no, this warning light came on when we went to take off. But it's all right. We've sorted it now. Well, we'll go ahead. Go back to the runway. Punch the power. Immediately break. Oh my god! At which point, like the stewardesses are properly freaking out. There's one who's sat. Next, so I'm right at the back of the plane, right at the back. So it's like the shakiest part of the plane anyway. And like, I'm feeling something's not right. It's, there's this rumbling going on. There's weird noises. It's fishtailing. There's no it's side going. on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> there's a wig on the floor. Something <laughs> <laughs> with a plane is. Wait a minute, it's only got one wing. <laughs> and, uh, it's just a sausage catapulted across the Atlantic. <laughs> and, uh, and the steward and, and I hear like the stewardess talking behind me. Like they are properly freaking out. Like one of them's on the f- like after the first one, uh, after the first aborted takeoff, she got on the phone saying, There's something not right here. There's like rumbling, you know. I think she was oh, talking to the pilot. That. So. I would have just got <laughs> and walked off. Well, the th- so I'm like, oh God. Pulled a slide. After, after the second one, after the second one, like she gets back on the phone to the pilot and she's like, no, honestly, there's something really wrong here. Um, and they're, they're all talking like, yeah, we've never felt anything like this. This is properly wrong. So like they're saying it quietly, but not quite enough yeah. for me in the back row to it. So I, I, you know, I, I never really minded flying. In fact, I wanted to be a pilot when I was younger. I, you know, I used to enjoy it. I am quaking like physically shaking at this point I'm the, the thing about I'm it is as well bits. you're on a big metal tube right and when you know when you I said this before I think when you walk into a gig like a, and everyone's really happy and there's good mm. energy in the room you feel that energy and you sort of feed off of it you just use it's mm. something in humans it can sort of pick up on that vibe good vibe you know this you go to a football stadium mm. and you're in you're in the home end with your with all the other fans mm. and all cheering and everyone's you know maybe you win everyone's on a good high it's not just like the game that puts you on the high it's everyone else yeah, around yeah. you it's that energy same works in the yeah. opposite end of the scale. When you've got that bad vibe, you know how sometimes you work, you walk into an area and you know, oh yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. an area you don't know, you're like, I'm in a bad area. Yeah. How do you know that? But you just pick up on it, right? You pick up on little things you're not necessarily looking for, you just feel it. And it's the same when you're on a plane. Everyone on that plane, even if they're trying not to show it, yeah. is shitting themselves. Yeah. And you feel it, you and feel it that was, vibe. Yeah. And that was rotten, like that was properly one of the most frightening you know, experiences of my oh, life. Oh, man, you're a rollercoaster um, fanatic. What, what could be more, what more rollercoaster could be more thrilling? <sighs> the thing is, yeah, is the thing is, with the rollercoaster, you've got a rail there. <laughs> you know, you they change planes. Uh, so eventually they're like, oh, we're going to see if we can fix it. We've got engineers coming over. The, the stewardess is like, that guy's crazy. The pilot is crazy. Like, if he's going to try again, in the end, yeah, we change planes. She said that. She yeah, said, that guy said, is crazy. Yeah. Uh, three and a bit hour wait. Uh, they give us a food voucher, but the queue is so long that by the time we get to the front to get, like, whatever we want. What, uh, who, what company is it? Uh, American. Well, we bought with oh, British Airways. Yeah. We, we bought with British Airways, but we're on American Airlines. Mm. Uh, <laughs> by the time we, we queued for, like, our 90 minutes, two hours, it was time to get on the next plane. Uh, but... But on the previous plane, I heard like they were talking about the plane we're going to go to had been worked on all night by engineers. So I'm like, for the six and a bit hour journey back, I'm just waiting for the bang. So you were in the middle of a zombie holocaust at at New York then, Matt, even though you didn't take any photos to prove it. But uh, there's another zombie holocaust out today. Zombie holocaust on an island, just like... uh... And um, 
It's massive, according to this Koch Media press release we've got here. Yeah. But um, I'm uh, I'm hearing it's not very good. Ben Robinson asks, Dead Island comes out next week. Do you think it stands a chance this time of year with the ridiculous releases coming out? Is it any good? I think it'll... Um, I, well, first of all, on the first point, I think it'll probably do quite well. Yeah, I think that... That first that trailer, trailer. Uh, swung so many people... And it's to, to like to support the game. Yep. There were so many people saying, "Oh, this is going to be yep. the game of the year off of a pre-rendered trailer." And we, all, and someone asked us at the time on our Twitter, said, "You know, hey, this this game looks pretty great, right?" And I think we just responded by saying, "Look, pre-rendered trailers are just masturbation, man." I mean, it wasn't, it's, just, it's just all it was, it was made by a different company. It wasn't Deep Silver who made that trailer. They outsourced it to someone else. I think it's the guys who made the cutscenes for Halo Wars, wasn't it? Ah, those guys are excellent. Be, yeah. yeah, those guys are really good. Um, I played it at E3, and at E3 I actually came back pretty positive about it. I really enjoyed it. I played it for an hour at this show. Um, and had a real good time. Four-player co-op, hour of fun. Um, since then, we've got in review code. Um, what date is this? Well, let's, let's just... Have to, let's let's just uh, well, before we get to the review code, remember when they brought it down for us all to have a look at? Do you remember? Were you That was because me and you, it was before the trailer came out, uh, which is why when the trailer oh, yeah, came out, we warned you. Yeah. Yeah, we we year, immediately sorry. called it and said, hmm, not not 100% convinced by what we've seen there. There's so many people in the, on the internet who will go, well, you can't review from early code, you can't tell what games going to be like from preview code. Yeah, you can. Uh, if, you, if you see enough pieces of preview code, you know what state a piece of code should be in at certain points in its life. You know where a game should be. And you know what? Some people do turn around miracles. Mm. Like, for example... Ubisoft Montreal. BioWare as well. BioWare, their games are, uh, for like, about a year out, tend to be in a thousand little pieces. And then they, it suddenly all comes together. Sew them together. Yeah, it comes together and it comes together so well. Uh, and, of course, some people build these vertical slices, which they take to E3. Yeah. They roll into E3 with this, like, section of the game, which looks amazing. But guess what? That's the only section of the game that looks Tomb amazing. Raider. The rest of it is just in bits. Tomb Raider is like that at the moment, or at least it was a few months ago. Yeah. They've got that one section, and beyond that, the game's not done. Yeah. And so, like, before that trailer, before the uh, the zombie trailer, the little girl biting on the dad and everything, we saw the game. Uh, even at that point in his life, knowing what we know about the company Techland, the guys who made Call of Juarez, which was a series we actually quite like, actually, until the third one, um, we kind of we knew not to write them off because they're not technical experts, but they are they are capable of putting together a decent game. And plus, Dead Island, we'd always kind of been on board with ever since the very first trailer, which we always thought was really funny. The funky mm. music. Yeah, we thought it was real funny. So we sat down with the game and we were like, hmm. Like, even if even if you were to turn it into like some technical masterpiece, it still just mechanically wouldn't be a very yeah. interesting, very good game. The, the problem in that early code was that the the melee combat just didn't convince me. And That's it's a the, game built it, yeah. on melee combat. And the melee combat, combat I would say, was even inferior to like Condemned's melee combat, which is yeah. like the first game that ever came out on 360. And what you're looking at is basically a first person dead rising on an island it basically instead of 150 zombies on screen there are three and instead of really satisfying weapons that really feel like you're slicing through these guys or beating their brains out it just feels like you're swinging a stick in space well what I would say is that at E3 we had some quite powered up characters with access to some decent weapons and you kind of felt that. You do feel like that later on in the game. You you get into you know bigger crowds of zombies, and there are bigger crowds of zombies. And you you know take one swing at their heads, you aim up, and you're slicing people's heads off with with one blow. And you can like 
hack their bodies. I saw into the little electric sword. Um... Yeah, and you can you can make a few combos to like yeah. electrify certain weapons, or like you get thrown daggers and explosives and explosive throwing daggers quite nice and simple um early on though obviously you don't have access to anything like that you're not leveled up it takes a long time before you become powerful and that is that's a slog getting to that stage um just what i would say is we got an email a few days ago with a list of day, <laughs> day, day one, one patch, patch yeah it is huge and we we, it, we it only touches had, on like half the bugs we found yeah, way more yeah we've had we did have a lot of issues with with the game um we'll see how many of them are fixed with day one but uh, i'm not i'm not saying it's a it's an absolute travesty again absolutely not it's not call of um call of juarez the cartel it's so much better than that it's untrue however is it the game everyone thinks it is i don't believe so not at all I mean, it is better than Call of Juarez, the cartel, but it's... Why isn't this year, though? <laughs> it's not much better, though, is it? I mean, it's... I'd still confidently slap a three or four out of ten It's on an it. average game. I mean, it's a massively average game. I mean, I haven't, I, I've only seen people playing it. I haven't played it myself, uh, so I can't, you know, I'm perhaps speaking from a position of, of only being able to really comment on it based on what I've seen. But, you know, yeah, chopping, chopping zombies' heads off, that's fun. You know, that's that's fun. You can do that till the cows come And home. co-op's always fun as well. And co-op's always fun by its very nature, you know. But, you know, from from what I've seen, I, I can't say I'm particularly massively blown away by anything I, I, I saw in that game. Uh, I, you know, I watched Matt Castle, um, who writes for us sometimes, reviewing it for for another mag, and uh, it was just a mess. I was just bugs, bugs all over the place. And, you know, maybe that patch will help sort those out. But... Um, I think people going out into the shops thinking that this is like the ne- the second coming uh, are going to be massively let down, you know. And I think that they've done a a superb job on turning it into a talked about title, especially this year. Yeah, especially like this year, and especially because it's from a developer generally that you know perhaps no one really expects much from. It's from a publisher you certainly wouldn't expect much from. Um, and they've done a superb job on on the PR side, but I, I think that people, you know, today is the litmus test, and when people go out and play it, they're going to be really let word down. Of, by word it. of mouth will kill that game in a weekend, but it will get that first weekend. So yeah, might so, be a bit like Brink. Yes, Brink is the is the greatest trick the devil ever pulled. <laughs> so, you know, pe- it'd be interesting to see what because it's, I think it's out today, isn't it? Is it today, today or next Friday? Or is it next Friday? Friday? It might be next Friday. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, counts today. But, Body count, that's another absolute storm, man. Yeah, oh my God, that game's awful. Abysmal. I haven't and actually we, seen it in we, action, re- so. we really like the guys at Codemasters. They make some amazing games. This ain't one of they them. They make amazing racing games. Yeah, that's they, they do make amazing racing games, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, this, they're, this they're, had, they're non-racing this, games have no, been body counts. The writing's been on the wall for that for well over a year. Yeah, I mean, even before Stuart Black left the project, I mean, we've seen you know very little of it. We've probably seen it twice in preview stage mm. in total. Um, <laughs> I was uh, just... I was playing it the other day, and you, you walk into like a, basically it's a series of big battlefields where there's fights going on and stuff, and you're like this, you're thrown into the mix, or you know you're thrown into them with a grinder, and you sort of go, gun your way through all these guys, tear the environment apart with your machine guns, and and that's that's like what the game's supposed to be. In reality, it's this game where the controls are just. Atrocious. I don't know who. I don't know who 
thought the controls were a good idea. I don't know who balanced the, even like the acceleration on the analog sticks. Like you move the stick a little bit to the right, and it's like, as our reviewer put it, it's like there's a delay. It's like it's like you move the stick a little bit to the right. You're like I'm just going to turn gently. No, and then you don't turn gently. A bit further. No, don't turn gently. A little bit further. No, and then you just turn all the way. It's like the all the acceleration's completely wrong, and you you can't run you can't move and sort of zoom you can't even like sort of because like, you know in call of duty if you zoom you sort of go into a walking speed mm. because of the way the cover system works in this game if you hold the aim you actually duck in bob behind cover which actually i think is quite nice and a couple of other games have done it uh but only when there's like a wall in a way if you play crisis for instance if you stand by a wall hold the zoom you can sort of lean around the wall it's quite a neat solution body hand solution is not a neat solution uh even if you're, you could be in the open, you go into zoom mode, and you're like, you're like oh, I want to just pace gently sideways to get behind this cover as I'm returning fire. No, you can't do that. I think you can if you hold the trigger down ever so slightly, but it, it doesn't. That doesn't really work at all. Um, and then you walk into a battlefield, and you're like, wow, okay, this is. This, I'm gonna. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna be the guy who's in the mixer. You know, I'm gonna be. Yeah. I'm gonna be the deciding force in this battle. You look down on the battle, and there's two factions fighting, and there's bullets are flying everywhere, and you're like, great. And then. All of a sudden, you pass an invisible line. Every single person on the battlefield turns left, turns right, looks at you, and starts shooting. No, one of those games. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. And you can, show, you can shred the environment up. Big deal. It's not a pretty environment to shred up and stuff. It is an impressive piece of tech, I think. I think it actually is quite cool, quite accomplished. And in a way, you can like destroy the environment, credit where it's due. But... And hey, the guns actually feel kind of okay. What you know, they they do feel kind of nice. It's no, it's atrocious. <laughs> it's a game no one would ever ever would could could ever find any enjoyment in, unfortunately. And that sucks because why can't Codemasters get their shooters right? Mm. They're they're Flashpoint. so good at racing Operation games. Operation Flashpoint, same story. Like yeah. not as bad. Flashpoint isn't in as bad a state as Body Camp. But it's still is nowhere near the quality we uh, expect. As one of the longest lived UK, UK studios, we're like, we're doing, yeah, we're really, we really want to see Codemasters do well, and they do driving games literally better than almost anyone in the world. There's apart from Turn Ten and Polyphony in Japan, no one can touch them. Mm. No one can touch them, and they're on even footing with both. Mm. Should they become a racing only studio? I mean, I know that didn't work for say. Black Rock and Bizarre. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's but, scary when you put all your eggs yeah. in one basket. Well, Bizarre actually tried to venture out, I guess, with Bond and the club. But and the club I know it's surely yeah. the business Cody's has done with Flashpoint and you know what they're going to not do with Body Count. Do they have an argument to try anything other than racing? Well, may, you know, maybe Flashpoint does enough business for them to make it worth their while. You know, I mean, maybe it's, it sells enough copies for them to on the basis of its name more than anything I think these days um, maybe it does enough for, for them to justify the development of it I mean it, it got pretty panned critically um, I think it got like pretty much six, fives and sixes across the board I, mean, I think they, they body probably do well, sl- slightly worse they made an MMO a while back did they? yeah oh yeah they did yeah yeah I remember that yeah, yeah. I remember it too but it's, it made I can't even remember what it's called I know I thought they did Lord of the Rings. I think, yeah, I think oh, it was. Oh, it might have been, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that shows, like, if you can't, it, like, sell that license, then... Although, the MMO market is ridiculous. Yeah. MMO, market is, MMO market is a comedy market. No, no one should even attempt to play in that game, because <laughs> you're playing against... It's like... 
it's like us guys getting some some boys together and going, let's go and play Man United this weekend, mm, yeah. and we'll see how we get on. Yeah, like big, yeah, it's not going to happen because World of Warcraft is always going to Man United the shit out of you. Yeah. Speaking of which, how did your team get on this weekend? Oh, that's a low blow. That is <laughs> Mike. There are some lines we don't cross. <laughs> I think my silence speaks. Speaks. Hey, volumes. but tell you what, we got in the office FIFA, right? Yeah. And Pez. FIFA yeah, and we Pez we both turned up, up yesterday. Uh, either actually, well, um, not the review code. We've, we have played. We, we can't talk about review code anyway, but we have played yeah. the preview code. Yeah, I mean, FIFA feels feels pretty similar, but it's subtle, certainly different in some ways, and in a good way. You know, it's got a couple of really nice. Set Nice features this year. Like the defending's the biggest yeah. change, and that takes my game away. I was just press the defence, press the defence, press the defence. You still got your cheap players though, Pallet. What Suarez? Yeah, Suarez and Andy Carroll, who is oh Andy Carroll, ridic- really powerful. ridiculously. Would, would you be able to play as Arsenal in a new in the new FIFA and be competitive? No, I've given up playing as Arsenal. Yeah, you've already moved. They're, on. they're Did useless. You go to Juve or? Just like last FIFA, they're absolutely useless. I, I gave up on them in FIFA 12 as well. Now I started playing as Inter. Oh, Inter, that's yeah. Because they 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 got they you know pretty balanced side, good good strikers, bit of Schneider, job done. But Arsenal useless like they were on Sunday. So um, so yeah, I gave up playing. But FIFA I like. I think it's like you know it's it's what you expect from FIFA, but it's got all the little bells and whistles on it that that Pez doesn't have, and it's got a few subtle things like the quick throws are really good now. Yes, it's something we asked for a couple of years. Ago. Yeah, yeah. So and and like you say, the defending is really good. It feels more. I think it's it's built to make matches more competitive between people who's who are maybe unbalanced in terms of ability. I think it's you know the defending makes it more difficult to break teams down, and I think that evens the player field a little bit, uh, which is which is a good move. We had a quick go on pairs as well. Um, I mean, we we didn't return to it, but it it come on. It, yeah, it feels better. It feels better. Um, oh, the presentation on it is just shocking, though. I mean, just like. You go in, it's like it's 1995. Yeah, the most arsed backwards It's menus. not a class act at all, is it? The, you know, the, presentation the original Sensi's probably got a better menu system than you pay. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you go in and you've got these horrible menus and like the, the tactics Honestly, screen. ISS on the N64 was no worse than the modern presentation on PES. It, well, that's what I mean. It's got a real like 90, mid-90s, late-90s feel to it, mm-hmm. you know. But once you get out on the pitch, I mean, it's... It's perfectly playable. It's perfectly it's playable. I think the passing is actually really good in it. I in think in pass- some ways, like if, if you're a fan of popping the ball about the pitch, they've ran that back in FIFA. They because because it's not too realistic for most teams. Yeah, in FIFA you you tend to hold onto the ball a lot more. Yeah. If, you, if you pop it around, they, someone else. Yeah, it. so if you quick pass, quick pass, quick pass, you're going to trip up quite a lot in FIFA now because they've. Mm. that ball's going to get cut out whereas in pairs that's still a viable yeah. option so it's actually nice in some ways it, it, moving on to this year's code like it's actually quite easy to jump into pairs and play it about in the pitch and get it higher up Yeah. Um, and you can get the odd long range screamer the, what I would say about pairs and FIFA is that when I shoot in FIFA I know exactly what's going to happen I, I've, like, I might miss or I might score or it'll be close but I know where that ball's going to go yeah. and I'll, I'll you know, direct it there and I'll have complete control. In Pez, and it's not just because I, I, I'm not as familiar with Pez, it's just because I don't think it's set up in the same way. It's just, it's almost like a lottery. I get in a position that I think, well, in real life you could shoot from here, like Stevie G would be able to score from here and you, you shoot, you do what you should do. Sometimes it might fly in, it'll be an absolute scream. It's like, yeah, Pez is back. FIFA's, Sometimes commi- FIFA's commitment to stats is insane. Like, Every what is it? we're looking at almost every major club in the world, and a lot that aren't even major. Mm. 
replicate replicated almost perfectly. Mm. You're like Jesus Christ, the amount of work that goes into this and game just to get thing, those things the right. The scary thing about FIFA, they've got this system whereby like players are you know slotted into categories and stuff, and you you genuinely notice when you play as like a you know a dearly departed Nazari or something, you, you know like you've got that control and you're nippy and uh, you know you pick Walcott and he's even faster. But that's and, something else for FIFA this year is that there's a real difference in. You know, like last year in FIFA 11, if you had Walcott against, say, uh, John Terry, yeah. right? Like, Terry is has got the turning circle of the Titanic, you know, and Walcott's faster than the speed of sound, and yet they'd run at exactly the same pace. Yeah. Yet this year, like, you get Walcott out on the wing and he blazes yeah. past the fullback, I you mean, know? that's the incredible thing about FIFA, that the players are right, and you know, like, in your heart, you know your team, you know who does what, who's capable of, of what. And if you put them on the pitch and you play them in the right positions, they will deliver that for you. You know that there's only one person who can do a certain run for you. Well, they'll do that in the in the match. If you try and do this crazy run with, say, uh, a Lucas or someone, who's actually a pretty good player now, I must admit. It won't, you know, you won't be able to pull it off. Lucas won't be able to do the same thing as a Luis Suarez. Um, and you actually, you, you see that, you genuinely see that in the game. I don't think you see that in Pez. No. I think there's... There's some of that with a couple of yeah. major, major players. Like a Rooney's going to be massively yeah. powerful or a Kaka or that's a right. Ronaldo. But in FIFA, you feel like everyone Every is player right. is different, yeah. I think that's the difference issue. Yeah. I think, again, you know, if I'm calling it now and this is going on preview code, we haven't had review code. Well, we had it, we haven't and played FIFA, it yet. FIFA and PES changed but, so much in those last few weeks. And they do, they, the, the games can completely change from preview to review. We've had this in the before, in the past, where we've reviewed the game, gone, well, you know what, it's not so great. And then two weeks later, get retail code through, and we're like, this is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. that was did happen one year. That we got we got, FIFA 08. We yeah. got review on, code, on. and it was finished code. Finished code, like boxed, boxed code, except it wasn't boxed, obviously. It come from, you know, because we play it on special debug machines. So it was 100% complete code, we were told, that nothing would change. And then we got in the boxed code, and they changed yeah, and there something was, there fairly was like major a day on one, it. a day one patch. It, it wasn't even it was, like one thing. It was like a series of things. Yeah. It was just like, oh, we, this has been improved. This is, this is 10% better. Yeah. This is 10% better. This is 10%. And it all mounted up to a game which was fully a much better game. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. If you were going to call it now, oh, uh, FIFA. Yeah, yeah, I think I think FIFA. Although it's, you know, it's a we'll tough see. game to beat at this point. Yeah, yeah the, the advantage FIFA have got now is that they've perfected it to to such an extent that the improvements they make to it are just like those those improvements, like you were just talking just about, like refining, being able to go back yeah. and get each player and tweak them slightly so that they reflect their real life. And then FIFA have got the fans on board now. Like yeah. if, I mean, FIFA always had a really good following, even in its, its darkest of days. Yeah. But the Pez, but, the like Pez the fans Pez, were considered the hardcore fans, yeah, right? Yeah, but they've turned. Like they've it, used to, it used to turned. be that the Pez fans were the guys who really love football. Yeah. The FIFA fans were the guys who kind of... The casual. The casual football yeah. fans, yeah. The ones who, who were more interested about the licence than the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and and the Pez fans were the ones who wanted to really experience yeah. the, the thrill of a real game. Yeah. Now that and FIFA now does both, yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to go back. You could get Pez and you can have a rollicking good time with it. Um, but yeah there's only one choice in my mind okay so Mike you, you weren't on the podcast last time we promised listeners that, that we you'd give a quick overview of Gamescom for, oh, for them yeah. on your return I mean so. from my point of view I know I've been out of the country a week but it, Gamescom seems to have been and gone without really much at all well it wasn't was uh, it like? Gamescom's never a show for announcements Gamescom was a show for press people to get really really good access to really important people and I got that for sure uh, we got brought back a ton of great content what about your say your three three top 
top games. You know what? It's easy to list three top games because the three top games are always going to be Batman, Skyrim. Oh no, no, I mean like the three games else. that you you found really. And that's that's what I was going to say. Like anyone, it's always going to be Batman, Skyrim, and probably Battlefield or COD. You know, it's always going to be those three. Or Mass Effect. Or Mass Effect. It's always going to be those ones knocking out like, every single time at every show. Show shows have got kind of boring, in fact, because you roll into every trade show and you leave going, "Well, Skyrim's the game of the show." Yeah. No, no, no worries about that. It always is. Hey, come next year, at least we'll have something else that we'll be uh, having to talk about now. So let me talk about three games that I really enjoyed. This is unprepared, so I'm actually I only need one in my head right now, but I'll, I'll I'll pick the rest as I go. So the first game really surprised me was Anarchy Reigns, which um, I always said like it's made from platinum games. It's going to be a good game, no matter what. It's going to be a good game, but it's actually a total blast. It really is fun. I played it against a couple of uh, foreign journos, a French, two French guys, and I think a. A German guy, um, or possibly Austrian or Swiss or something. Did you beat him? Uh, came second in all three games. Don't give me that bullshit, <laughs> because different people came first, but I was consistently in second place. Consistent. Consistently good, of, of consistent quality. Um, yeah, so I was sitting next to the most appalling Frenchman ever. <laughs> I, I was playing, and he was like, every time he got a kill or something, he'd be like, <laughs> just he was literally like singing along to himself and and going and like he would kill you and be like, and you'd be like, oh dude. Like, put your willy away. I don't need to. I don't need for you to be like getting to, get, to rub it in my face every time you win. You, you get a kill. I've killed you like six times. So here's the thing with Anarchy Reigns, right? Everyone's like, "What is Anarchy Reigns?" They've done such a bad job of marketing it. And that's not the UK PR guy's job of marketing it. That's the message being put out at the source. That's not the US PR guy's job of marketing it. It's the problem at the source. Do you know what? I, I can't even remember who's publishing it. It's Sega. Sega. Right, okay. And it's being made by Platinum Games. And they're selling it as like, okay, so you know COD, right? It's uh, it's like Call of Duty, but it's a fighting game. So it's not like Street Fighter, though. It's, it's, it's like Bayonetta, but it's not like Bayonetta because Bayonetta is really complicated and it's kind of a single player experience and it's got incredible complexity and depth to it. This hasn't got that kind of complexity and depth. It's got more of a, it's more of a pick up and play game, but it's complicated too because, and it's like, it just goes on yeah. like that and you're like, yeah. Jesus Christ, what is this game? I'll tell you what it is. It's Power Stone. Right. It's Power Stone with 16 players. Dreamcast, Dreamcast, Dreamcast Power Stone, Stone, which is a four player. If, like, if you, if basically I said this in our upcoming preview, if you played Power Stone back in the day, I've just sold you on it right now. Yeah. Everyone who played Power Stone loves Power Stone. If you didn't like, if you didn't play it, if you're too young, if you, you know, damn you and your youth, but it was this four-player fighting game. Uh, not like Street Fighter. It was kind of the camera was kind of isometric. It was camera was always moving, basically just to keep up with the action. On these really crazy battlefields where there would be like weapons to collect and things to you know, via go, like weapons to like tanks you could drive around and all kinds of crazy stuff and the combat system was really simple every you had 12 characters to pick from I think it's 12 maybe 8 in the first game and you could you had know, special moves just like Street Fighter but mostly you were looking at getting up close dishing out big combos and getting away before someone else on the battlefield came along and lamped you while you were lamping them it's really fun one of the all time great multiplayer action games really was up there with Mario Kart up there with Bomberman it's a great fun game you didn't have to be a fighting game expert to really enjoy it because you could get in there wait for two people to start fighting pick up a big hammer and just bash them and like you could have, you could have fun just doing that you know you could have fun really thinking about your plans rather than thinking about oh 
there's a you know there's a 16 hit combo and there's the button combination for it well anarchy reigns is that the world's a little darker it's a little bleaker it's set in this post-apocalyptic world but it's still got a great sense of humor it's still a very silly game uh yeah sure it's like a game story she's got like a dominatrix with a giant mace and a guy with a chainsaw for an arm and stuff like that but these are fun characters are likable characters and they feel like crazy over-the-top comic booky kind of characters it's a really fun fighting game you play it on your own and the combat system is already it's more sophisticated than god of war it's more sophisticated than el shaddai which is itself quite a fun game and it's more sophisticated than all of these games that people already love mm. and then you add a cool cart mode where four of you just take some waves and waves of AI constantly and there's a there's deathmatch modes where it's you against 1600 people and it's a total free for all and there's team deathmatch modes where you take on one and there's capture the flag modes where you've got a, one person's got to get a flag to all the way to their home base and you've got two teams of guys just beating the crap out of one another to, to stop you and there's um, cage match modes where it's just one on one you know like this, this game's got every multiplayer mode you could ever want in a really just solid, solid package. This is a great game. This, cool. is, a, this is a great game. It's coming out in January. It's probably going to die because um, they're not selling it right. Mm. Sell it as Power Stone 3 because that's what this game really is and it's, it's great. I suspect the second <coughs> one might be uh, might begin with a D. What's dis, that? Dis, oh, rather than a B. So Dishonored is, um, is quite the game. Uh, Dishonored is ridiculously impressive but the funny thing is it comes from this uh, this studio which failed to deliver on the crossing. Uh, one of our writers, Duncan Harris, actually put it best. He said, "You know, this is the studio which has failed to deliver. They failed to deliver on the crossing." I was and really looking forward to the crossing. It was a, um, a first person, uh, always run, online first person game where yeah, like, the, the, the enemies would be real people. Yeah, so you'd play a single player, but instead of having AI control people control the enemies, someone mm. could jump in online and and take and control the enemy. Yeah, they failed to deliver on that. Never came out. Um, their other RPG uh, wasn't very good uh, and it's also from Harvey Smith who of course made Deus Ex the original which, yeah, yeah Deus Ex which is amazing and then he also made Area 51 which is awful <laughs> and so you're, you're looking at this thing so I just don't know what to make of Dishonored mm. it's like I don't know if it's going to be good I don't know if it's going to be terrible I just don't know but then you see it and you're like wow this is actually really 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 cool they've made this incredible fantasy world um, it's his own world but it's kind of imagine like England in the 1700s if technology had come too soon so some people are calling it steampunk it's not really steampunk there's not a lot of steampunk to it it's very much a kind of like sci-fi vibe it would be like is it, it would be what would happen if like the Combine invaded the 1700s mm. so the Combine from Half-Life invaded mm. the 1700s or something and and that stands to reason because the guy who was the art, the art designer on Half-Life 2 is the actual guy who did the artist for Dishonored as well. And it's a really strange art style to that game because it's a very painterly world. All of the um, textures in the game are like hand-painted. So it looks like it's all been painted in oils. And What you got is this game which is, if you've been playing Deus Ex this week, you're going to love Dishonored. They've simulated, basically built a world and it's a series of levels rather than, hey, you know what, Deus Ex is a series of levels with a couple of hubs chopped in. But this is, this is just, a, just a straight up series of levels. Imagine like Hitman. At the end of every level, there's someone you've got to kill. And not in a big boss fight necessarily. You could assassinate them Hitman style, sneak in, stab them in the back, drop a bomb on them, murder your way through the entire city, killing all of his guards on the way. You could do all of this stuff. Uh, and they've simulated this entire world to kind of facilitate that. So everyone's working on their own routines. You've got 
guards. They're patrolling. They're doing their their own their own thing. Civilians are also just going out doing their own thing. Rats in the city. The city's infested yeah. with rats. They move in swarms. Yeah. Swarms that will just consume a man in like one go if they're oh, if, if they're so inclined. Oh, did I tell you? I saw to jump in rats. I saw rats outside a Met Art Museum <coughs> in New York, and I took pictures so I can share them with That's you. That's great. Guys. Brilliant. Anyway, back to <laughs> so, the uh, <laughs> they've simulated all these systems, and the idea is that you are this character who comes in and you you will be the one who introduces these systems to one another, essentially. You can possess a rat and lead other rats around, for instance. It's my game of the year. You can... Uh, you actually want to be a rat. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like owning a rat is one thing, but being a rat is a rather a different game. deal. I'm not saying in real life. You, I don't look at my rats and think, oh, I wish I was in there. Do you wish you had rats for hands? <laughs> rat hands. Yeah, be, rats? Yeah. That would be weird. <laughs> be Do you wish you had rams? I don't think I would. Like... No. 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 So, anyway. like, you kind of introduce these systems to one another by, by your presence, you know? And it's a game of stealth. It's like sneaking. It's like using cool gadgets and using magic as well, because it's a fantasy world where magic is kind of everywhere. Um, and that could be, like, teleporting from between two rooftops in, or something, or it could be making you, like, cloaking yourself, or it could be, in their demo, the awesome example of you get into the room, the guy turns, he pauses, he pauses the trigger on his gun, and you stop time. The bullet leaves the gun. You go over there and you grab him. You lift him up. You move him in front of his own bullet. Start time again, and, the, and it, it, he assassinates himself. Brilliant. Like they, 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 one of the examples they've given again is like um, go into a room where five guys all of a sudden stand up, turn around, and pull guns on you, and they all start firing. You're crouching down behind cover. Again, you freeze time. You run over there. You stab all of them bar one. You move that one guy back to where you were, start time again, and everyone in the room drops all at once because they were all dead. You can do some really cool things with because they've simulated all these things. The, the bullet is a simulated object in the world. Mm. And because they've gone to the trouble of like, building all of these systems that actually work and actually function, you can mess with them in really, really fun ways. And for me, that's like one of the most fun things you can do with a game. When the systems are sophisticated enough to, so, you, so you can start monkeying with them, that's what Hitman so, is. So know? long as there is that freedom there to, to play and not just go through the motions of the 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 two options that they've well, designed. Well, you know, it's a very wide world they've built. It's a really wide world. And in the demo they showed, they, there were visibly on screen, like significantly, you, you could sit there watching them play going, well, that's not how I would do it. That's mm. not how I would no, do it. That's cool. And I think this is going to be a really hot game. This is, this is next year's Deus Ex for sure. Uh, it's definitely hitting that market. If it'll hit, will it hit that quality, we don't know. It's definitely hitting that style of play, that kind of rich, like linear but rich open world simulation. You know, it's it's uh, it's going to be a a big one, I think. Sounds good. Number three, I don't know. Borderlands. Mm, yeah, Borderlands made a big splash at the show. I think for a lot of people, it was one. Because you just of the started show. playing the first one, right? And you were quite so playing the first one. I really enjoy it, but. Uh, it was a game of so full of butts, and I don't mean I don't mean bottoms. I mean butts. It was like caveats. You're you're like, wow, this game's really good, but I wish the AI didn't just rush at me like this. Hey, this game's really good, but I wish the bosses weren't just big bullet sponges. Hey, this game's really good, but I wish the vehicles would actually drift and slide a bit. Oh, well, you know, this game's really good, but I wish I wasn't just in a big friggin' desert the whole time. And I was chatting to Steve Gibson at the show, and he said, well, you know, all of those those Borderlands wish lists everyone has, all those things where. It says, oh, wow, I wish this was in the game. I wish this was in the game. And I said, yeah, you know, yeah, well, everyone's seen those. He's like, oh, well, we've seen them too. And we've done all of the things that everybody hated. We fixed them. That's it. That's what Borderlands 2 is. 
Um, it's all the things you hated about Borderlands gone and all the things you love about Borderlands, Borderlands being ramped up. You've got a much nicer, much more interesting world. You've got deserts, you've got jungles, you've got frozen wastes, frozen tundra. You've got monsters which really use the environment. They'll tear the environment apart, throw things at you. Uh, the regular grunts, they'll take advantage of AI. If they, Sometimes they'll... they'll because they have to regroup to communicate. So they'll get together in a huddle. They'll go, right, here's what we're going to do. And suddenly they'll make their move and they'll sort of spread out. And if you manage to put that down, anyone who's survived it will sort of regroup again. They'll go, okay, that, well, that didn't work. What do we do now? They'll try something else. Uh, the missions are really cool and branching now. So like, maybe you go one way on a mission, maybe you go another way. Well, guess what? That'll affect something later in the game. It'll actually affect big, important things. If you rescue a hostage on a mission, hey, that, that'll affect later in the game. If you killed the hostage on a mission, that'll affect later in the game. It's a much more interesting, much more diverse world they've built up. It really, it's just a much more exciting place to be with your friends because it's, it's a cult game at heart. If they fixed the weapon system, it didn't really need fixing, but they've improved it. So every gun is themed after different manufacturers now. So if you see a gun and it's like, oh, a TDR gun, you know what that gun's properties I, will I be. I think there was an element of that in the first game, I would say, because I... I Grew to knew the manufacturers, but they didn't play on it enough. I no, think. but now they, they'll they be dramatically, it, very yeah. visibly different. They'll behave very differently, and within that, of course, you'll still have the thousands of stat changes, so yeah. there are millions of stat changes that are possible. For instance, uh, it's this game's hot. 2013. Right? I, it's the thing. I don't think it's been communicated to people just how far away it is. This isn't a 2012 game. This is a 2013 game, and we, we asked, you know, why is it taking so goddamn long? He said because sequels take that long if you do them right. He said, we didn't want to just do a... Oh, it's, it's the same game with a few extra features, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, like, quite a... I mean, they did that with the expansions. Like, the expansions were Borderlands, but with a couple extra yeah. things. Like, there was... The a, DLC was great. The, um, Zombie Island of Dr. Ned. Loved it. I thought it was great. There was a, one expansion I didn't really get on with. Uh, there are a few of the expansions which were a little bit too big. It's the problem. They didn't put enough waypoints in them. So, you, if you got... The oh, kill, the General Knox. I think it was the General yeah, Knox one. Yeah, you were so far back. Yeah. That. Like, they, 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 they know that. And they've they've addressed it, and that's the thing. But or they're rather they're addressing it because it's so far away. And this is that whole vertical slice thing. You can see the bit of build they're showing, the mission they're showing at Gamescom, and they showed it on their UStream channel. You can actually look up 2K's UStream channel and still see this. Uh, if you see that presentation, you're like, "Wow, this game's ready to go!" But of course, it's not. It's just a slice of yeah. the game that they've completed for demonstration purposes. The game's a long way out, man. A real long way out, and that's a shame. But like I say, they said. You know, you cannot do a sequel in a year. You can't do a sequel in two years and and do justice to it. You can't make a great game for fans. I think that is that's a bit of a thumb in the eye for every developer who yeah. does do that. You Don't know, tell they are, to they Ubisoft are taking and Assassin's Creed. Exactly. And oh, to be fair, though, Ubisoft throw like 400 people at Assassin's oh, that's Creed. Crazy. That's the thing. That's what makes Assassin's Creed work year after year. It's like at, uh, at, game, at Gearbox, they're making three games right now. Like, they can't be throwing more than 50, 60 people at each game. So... When Ubisoft make Assassin's Creed, they, I think they had a team of 300 on the last Assassin's Creed. That's insane. It's just like from six studios across the world as well. I thought it was a bit more than that, if I'm honest. It, may, it, might, be, it might be more than that. To turn around that game in a year, that's a hell of a feat. But yeah, Borderlands 2. Looks great. Looks brilliant. One of the games of the show, 2013. So don't get too excited just yet. <laughs> so um, should we have some questions? Then? Oh, I should say, is that a new watch you got there, Matt? Oh, uh, yeah. It looks a quite a nice watch. I was looking at it. I was, quite, I was admiring it. I met um, Ray Muzzica at, uh, at Gamescom. We inter interviewed him, and in the interview will be featured exclusively in our next issue. 
talking about Mass Effect, Dragon Age, how they maybe didn't service the fans properly with Dragon Age 2. They thought they were doing what the fans wanted. Turns out they might have got it wrong. That kind of thing. And, you know, talking about, like, this generation of consoles, how Mass Effect has played a role in defining a generation. Interesting talk. He has a nice watch. A really nice watch, actually. Um, and I didn't. I got a look at it, and I was like, wow, that's a nice watch. Actually, I didn't see it at the event. I got a look at it at the uh, photograph, and which we which we sourced for the article. EA have headshots of all of their guys. I took some photos at the event, but the camera I was given by uh, by Fuge was so bad. I'm amazed it didn't squirt water. Uh, it, um, so the photos we used, I, I took most of them can't really be used, apart from my, the brilliant one I took of Nagoshi, uh, Toshihiro Nagoshi, the guy who makes Yakuza binary domain. He's uh, Really, he was really good. He was actually a nice guy. You know, the interviews with him, I understand, can go one way or the other. If he's in a bad mood, you're getting one-word answers mm. the entire time. But he seemed to really get a kick out of the questions he was being asked. I sort of pride myself on asking good questions. That is the one thing I always try to do. He said, apparently, one of the apparently, if Nagoshi gets out, like travels halfway across the world, and someone asks him, like, "Oh, so how many levels has it got? How many? Uh, what's the what's the lead character in your game like?" That's when he tunes out. Mm. So I was just asking him, like, "Hey, you know, what, what's what's you know, why don't you make Yakuza for Xbox? Why don't you do this? And uh, what what's your what's your philosophy on this particular?" And he's like, he's just he's banging out really good answers. Took a photo of him at the end. It looks like we've tweaked the levels on it. He's so tanned. Right. He makes Rob Taylor look like. No. A no, ghost. No, no, no. He makes Rotter look like a ghost. This guy is uh, the most tanned man I've ever seen in my life. Right. He is atomic orange. He's so tanned that you get a tan being in a room with him. Yeah. Anyway, with, like, that, that photo was good, but most of them were unusable. So I asked uh, EA to send me a, a shot of, of Ray. Sent a nice shot of him, like, posed in a studio. And I looked at his watch. I was like, wow, that's a really nice watch. I zoomed in on it. It was a massively high-def picture. And I could see the letters um, I, IWC or IFC, I think. IFC. And a com- I, I, the company is IFC Schaffhausen. They're a, a Swiss watchmaker. They make very, very nice watches. And the watch he had is actually a limited edition watch. Really nice limited edition in uh, red gold. Limited to only 500 units. He could have got it in platinum, I think, in, in platinum if he wanted it. And that was limited to 100. But he went for the cheap option. Cheap, cheap doctor. Yeah, he went for the cheap option. What was it then? $100,000. Bloody hell. That's how much it's selling for online right now. $100,000. How it cost on day one, I don't know. That's Mass Effect for you, though. That's Mass Effect money, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. That's (laughs) Mass Effect 3, Dr. Ray needs a new watch. That's amazing. Yeah. That's when you've bought a house, you've bought a nice car, you've got all the food you can eat for the rest of your life you've got plenty in the bank you've got a swimming pool you take good holidays every year you're like i still have so much money i don't know what to do with it i might just go out and buy a hundred thousand dollar watch maybe it didn't cost that when it came out like i say it's a limited edition and it might be the limited availability as it's driven the price up but that's how much it would cost you to buy that watch right now and we're not begrudging ray it because you know what the guy's done well he's done all right for himself yeah and he's they've made they've made some great games but hey that's what being one of the top brass at EA gets you, because he is like one of the guys who's in charge of in charge of EA. Because Bioware is EA's RPG division essentially, yeah. and he's uh, yeah, one of the managing guys there. He's like the Peter Moore of that section. So, so some quizzes then, Matt. Um, David Gilchrist and Jamie Jones both have questions about season pass DLC. Uh, Jamie says uh, season pass DLC cash cow genuine inter- alternative to individual DLC. I don't really have an opinion on um, this. I think we've, we've talked about these um, season passes before. 
Uh, we know why they exist. They exist so that if you buy the game secondhand, you still don't really get the full experience unless you, you spend the extra 10 quid. Uh, but also, like... Um not just the codes that come in the box, but say you can buy one that gives you, you all the DLC, DLC for free. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's still doing the exact same job. That's what it's for. Although I think, um, I think the actual the the uh, ones that you enable certain options in the game, those are much more effective than the ones which give you. Um, there's a there's a difference in the perceived value between something you should have yeah. and an extra, a bonus. Yeah. Um, of course, the bonus extra pass thing is uh, feels fairer. If you're a guy who's buying the game secondhand, mm. but the the one which locks off certain features until you've paid for it, that's, yeah, that 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 makes yeah. that that's much more effective yeah. for publishers. And again, I, I kind of don't begrudge publishers either way because I can see why they do it. Fact is, a developer makes not yeah. a penny. I, th- I think to be honest, I think it, it all, it's all individual. You have to treat it on an individual basis. I mean, stuff like La Noire, I think. I was quite happy with the season pass. I think a lot of people were because you felt you got a few cases good, yeah. like regularly. There were a couple of there were, there were a couple chateau, of duffers. chateau cases in there. But there's always scope for you know one game might have just blinding DLC for the whole lot. One might have one good mm. piece of DLC and then a couple of like I mean, you're costume always, packs. I mean, so. with DLC, you're always there's always going to be a, a couple of stinker ones in there. I mean, I think. I mean, you guys m- might know better than me, but I mean, I can't think of a single game that hasn't had at some point in its in its life a bit of stinking DLC uh, or something that's below average. Anyway, yeah, even Oblivion had some stinkers. Yeah. Um, Mike Baker asks: uh, Has the normal difficulty setting become the new easy difficulty setting? Without us being told, games just seem easier on normal these days. Um, and he also says separately: Should games be dumbed down to entice new players, or should they remain as they are? Or perhaps I think he they're means just, they just were. designed to be finished now. As all games are designed to be finished. If you mm. if you grew up in our generation, that makes no sense at all. Mm. It's like Jesus. I I played games as recently as like the N sixty four, and you know the, even PS two games where you're just like I'm never finishing this game. Yeah, yeah. I, I never see any end the, of this. The challenge was like their publishers were like trying to see can you finish this game. That was the challenge in playing it. It was now like. It's, it's different. The motivations for playing are, are mm. completely different. Yeah, you want to take you on a ride. They want to make you feel good. They want mm. to make you like. And uh, yeah, I guess the you know the, in that context, normal, normal is the new yeah. easy. Yeah, sure. it has in many ways. When I went to a Gears event the other the other week, um, the last preview event, they were saying like they've they've made it easier. They they're not afraid to admit that it's an easier game for those very reasons. But of and they crank it up to insane, and it's still yeah, a, a and challenge. and they've created an even easier setting um, for complete newbies to come in and that applies to multiplayer as well there'll be a multiplayer mode that's only accessible for people who are brand new to Gears for yeah, Gears if you, 3 if you have a save for, if you yeah, have if any you achievements on, the others, on your profile and if you're on the beta you're locked out of it yeah. um, which is good I think yeah, that's good like a little yeah. baby pool to get up to speed um, uh, again I mean I think it comes down to a, a number of reasons one is that you know they want more people to buy their game I mean that's the you know that's the fundamentally the, the the reason behind a decision like that and I think the other thing is is that games want to tell you know perhaps now more than when we were growing up you know want to tell a story and they want you to see that whole story and they want you to be able to get through it I and, think, yeah, and, and they of, want you to enjoy every moment along the way it's like yeah you could you could make the fights in Batman so hard that, that you get you just die over and over again you had to truly master it or they could make it so it was just really fun yeah. and the challenge becomes how long can I extend this combo? Mm. You can take out the entire crowd pretty easily, but can you do it with can, style? Can you do it with style? And that's yeah. the thing. The big new thing in games is you can do it, sure, yeah. but can you do it well? Yeah. Mm. And it is going back to the whole you playing it again. I think you know, in terms of the actual difficulty settings, I'd like to see uh, you know a future where 
Um, you've got games like Bayonetta, like that difficulty setting can be rolled out across games where you've got everything from Easy like the hard, you know, hardcore, like only a few people can it was in Vanquish it, as well to, to a one-button mode where anyone can pick up and just mash their way through the game. It was in Vanquish as well, I'm sure it'll be in Anarchy Reigns. Easy automatic mode where you, um, you can literally play the game with one button. You just keep hammering that button and everything in front of you will it'll build combos for you and it'll make you look good. You're like, that's... Hey, if someone wants to play their game that way, I don't begrudge them. Yeah. Well, that's not how I want to play it, but if someone else wants to, no worries. And yeah, look, as long as there's a hard mode in games, it's all, it's all cool. And like for me, I love that. The, the challenge in games now is to look good. Yeah. Like that's, such, that's so much fun to play a game and be like, okay... It's, it's not tough, mm. but to be great is tough. I mean, like, you, Assassin's Creed, you can play Assassin's Creed and look like a right old div and yeah. get to the end of the game. But if you want to look good, if you really want to finesse it, wow, you can look amazing. In fact, I was going to say that, you know, Batman and Assassins, the two, I think the similar combat system helps, but the first Assassins was one for me where that really came into play because I played through the first, I, mean, I finished the first Assassin's Creed you about four times now. right? When you get and good, like, My final playthrough, I completed it only using the hidden blade mm. and of course in Assassin's 1 the hidden blade was very different to 2 you couldn't block yeah. you could only counter so you're basically going through the entire game just countering everyone just stabbing in one hit kill um, because you couldn't attack either with a hidden blade unless you were hidden yourself so yeah th- I think Batman and certainly with Arkham City which you played at Gamescom yeah. that just takes that up again I mean the, the, the amount of stars I mean it's, it's the same system but it's been improved and it's amazing it's loads of new moves and it just feels great. They just got it just right. There's almost a tacit acknowledgement of this by the developers in the dropping of cheat codes as well. You, you never see t- cheat yeah, codes. Yeah, it used anymore. to be it'll give you infinite lives just so you could so you That's could right, yeah. actually get through these games. Yeah. Whereas now you hardly ever see no. cheat codes in games. Uh, James Cook uh, says, uh, you know what Treyarch needs to do next? They should just forget about trying to compete with Modern Warfare and go in their own direction. They can make a game just about zombies. Keep the multiplayer the same, but have a campaign mode about zombie apocalypse or something. Uh, it doesn't actually seem to be a question more of a statement. The thing but is, with what that, do think? The thing is with that is that why would they do that when Black Ops is the most successful game in the history yeah. of gaming? Yeah. You know, I mean, they've it's made they, shat loads of money. From they that. had the perfect. We Matt and I said this before. They had the perfect opportunity yeah. to do that in Black Ops. This moment where you're in this like World War Two. The end of you're World in the Arctic yeah, or something. You're, you're in the Arctic and you're raiding a German re, like research vessel. Yeah. And you're raiding it and you're walking through and it's like it's so creepy and dark and you've, you've got, got a pistol torch and, and a pistol. Torch. It's weird. You never need to fire that pistol. No. Your torch never catches something. You think it's going to be like a survival horror kind yeah. of section? They don't do it. But you get to this room. By the way, that just shows that for Tra- me, it's they are, know what they were doing. They kind of... Maybe they do know what they're doing. They're just being reined in by someone. But that, to me, that whole section was like, why does this even exist? Yeah. It's like, you're not build, you're building tension for nothing. Yeah. You're building tension which leads to nothing. But anyway, you get into this room. They lock you in a room where they spray the guys with this gas. And you're like, oh, wow, it's like, this is killing them. Wouldn't it have been so cool at that moment if those guys had stood back up once they died? Exactly. I mean, that was the perfect opportunity to bring the zombies into the game. And then it even explains, like, in World at War, why it was Nazi zombies. Like, it was a, a German, you know, research chemical. Yeah, that you, could, turned you, people you could bring the zombies. whole continuity together. And, uh, no one would have complied. I honestly think everyone would be like, whoa, hats off to you. You know, that, that takes so balls fun. to do That's that. That's so crazy. That's it's really so over smart. the top. And it's so cool. Yeah, because we love zombies. We love we love Black Ops zombies. Because that's yeah. what that's the best part. That's the way you yeah. play the game. It's yeah, so much sure. fun. And and 
we don't know whether they backed out, whether or not they had the plan or not. To be honest, it they're seeing that level. Like they they had to have created that level. It feels to me like that was a level where they were going to introduce the zombie virus. Yeah. And you know what? They could have kept it entirely to that section. Yeah. It could have been like this that two levels of the game where it's you're back in the past and you're like, well, I'm living through this this nightmare that, that, actually, that actually happened. Yeah. You know, it was like the Nazis engineered this thing, and that was where. We just learned about it and we put in a stop to it. And it never yeah. needs to touch the rest of the game. Yeah. But it would have been so much fun to have that in Because I know the high-ups would be like, oh, Cod will be jumping the shark if they introduce zombies. But it, it was well, good. It hasn't really jumped good. the shark a few times yeah, already. But it was set up for it. In terms of like a separate zombie game, like I think, to be honest, I think they're probably considering it. Given the, the overwhelming success of zombies, I think they could do like a Resident Evil, the Mercenaries 3D style spin-off. Um, you know, Treyarch's getting bigger all the time. You know what I would they love could to see? Like, make COD and then a separate zombie game. I would like to see we us get to the point where multiplayer modes are sold separately to single player modes. So like, just as a downloadable game. So if you want, you can be like, look, I don't care about Call of Duty's campaign. Mm-hmm. I just want to play it online. You get that chunk. Mm-hmm. But if you released the Nazi Zombies mode as a live arcade game and every month you pumped out another map for it, yeah. people would love, people would play that forever. Yeah. They would love it. It's always there on your hard drives. So it's always ready to go. It'd be the console version of Team Fortress Two. Absolutely, so. it would. It would be. It'd be exactly that. It'd be the game you play when you can't think of another game to play because yeah. it's there. It's ready to go. And all you need is to jump online, get with some buddies, and just shoot it. Shoot your zombies. People would love it. Final question: Philip Ward uh, says, Mike, uh, what achievements would you like to see in the upcoming Metal Gear Solid HD Why me? collection? Because you're. I mean, you're the biggest MGS fan. You. I guess you've been quite vocal on the podcast about your love of Metal Gear. Yeah, love and hate, though. I hated uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, and uh, I'm not keen on parts of 4. That's the thing about Kojima games. You, you kind of take a rough with the smooth. How about an achievement called Really if you're going up the ladder in 3, down it and up it again? Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> like, I would like to see um, uh, some of the achievements based around hunting in the... Um, you know what I really like of all, of all things? I just like achievements which encourage me to play the game properly. Mm. That's the thing with Deus Ex. Like, you can play that game as a, a war. Yeah. You can just murder everybody. But it's so much more fun to play it properly. Yeah. And that the game encourages you to do it, I think, is is important. Just to give you an incentive, just to say, yeah. look, we recognize that this is a hard way to play. So we appreciate you playing it this way because this is the way we like it to be played. And I would love it if there was an achievement which said, like, you know what, you get to the end of the game and you've killed nobody. Mm. Or you get to the end of the game and you weren't even seen. Like, that's, that's for me, on all all of the games in the yeah. collection, that should be in there. I'd, maybe, like, you get to um, get to get to the end in the sniper battle. There needs to be an achievement associated with yeah. that. There has to be. And when, if you do fully duel out with him for the full hour, there needs to be an achievement. Yeah, for sure. If you wait him out... There needs to be an achievement for that as well. If you let him just drop dead, or if you yeah. basically turn off your console for a, week, for a week, don't play it for a week, and you just let him drop dead of old age, there should be an achievement for that as well. There should be... Hey, you know what about an achievement for you? Because, you know, there's moments when you can use the right stick to perv on uh, Eva's boobs. Oh, yeah. 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 I've just thrown an achievement for that, because those are things that Kojima obviously thinks is important. He obviously thinks that's a fun thing like to, to throw in. So... Why not give people like literally a little five point thing? Plus, plus for a room in like Playboy issues and yeah, just like <laughs> fill it, every locker with it, a man. He, he puts um, he puts he put an achievement in just like the, the pervert achievement. Yeah. There you go. You, well, you, you can you, kiss. You perved on this girl. In, in two, you can kiss the girls in the locker, can't you? you yeah, can I think go, so. Yeah. Go, mm. Yeah. 
Like there's you could, there's so many little things in Kojima games you could you could tie this stuff to. About going through the whole game using only the pistol and the knife or something. Yeah. About a CQC master achievement in a Metal Gear Solid Three for only take doing like CQC takedowns the whole game, just destroying guys. You took down a hundred guys with CQC. Um, you got to who's the guy? It's not the Fury. The guy who's um, who's who resurrects every dead person you killed in the game. Oh, when you're walking Spoilers, down that, by the way, when you're walking down that long yeah. river. Thing. So there's this cool boss fight where you're walking down a river. And, and this guy ghosts. will summon the ghosts of everyone you've killed in the game. Everyone you've killed so far. And if they will try and cling on to you and slow you down. And every time they touch you, they drain your life. So if you're a murderous dude, then it's the toughest fight in the entire game. But if you've been stealthing your way through, he's, like, he's, just, he's, he's got, got nothing no to throw at you. He's got no ammunition. How about an achievement for that? You face him and you've killed no one. That could be like an achievement. You, you, you meet this guy and he can't do anything to you. You win instantly because there's nothing he can toss at you. Like, there's so many things you can do. I think Metal Gear Solid, more than anything else, is just ran with, like, Easter eggs and, you know, cool things to try out and do, I think. Achievements that point it, people towards It hasn't been those. confirmed yet, but I really hope they do a 1,000 points for each game. I don't think they will. I don't think they're allowed. Because no. they didn't with the orange box. And... I, I, the orange box, oddly enough, did have ninety nine achievements, and that's what I was going to say. Well, let's let's instead do a hundred, yeah, like five point little five point yeah. and ten point achievements, and just reward me for just doing cool Metal Gear shit, like for for being extra sneaky, for being the guy who's mastered a certain technique and used it so many times. Like the achievements that suck in other games, in Metal Gear they become cool because. You end up doing these little things that you wouldn't ever bother trying to do. There's videos on YouTube, amazing videos made by some of the best Japanese players. And it's really always Japanese players because they've truly, they, yeah. they love Kojima's games, they've truly mastered some of these games. Like a guy created like an eight point star of men reading Playboy, reading the porno mag you can put down. Yeah. Because you can, it's in Metal Gear Solid 4, it's Playboy, and, and it's just a generic jazz mag in uh, Metal Gear Solid 3. He arranged them in a perfect sequence like so it's, they're a perfect circle on the ground a load of them and then snuck around a level knocking guys out and dragging them to that location then he, once he gets them there he goes around wakes them all up and goes and hides in a bush they all wake up they all see the magazines it's all synchronised and they all get down and start reading the magazines all at once and you see these people creating these like weird little vignettes these little tableaus <laughs> of and like Let's reward that insanity. That's what you can, and maybe you can. Maybe you can reward that with insane achievements. Unfortunately, I think what we'll probably get is uh, uh, you shot this many people, you took down this many people, you you did this, you did that, you finished the game on easy, you finished the game on hard, you finished the game on big boss hard, um, like that. Or yeah, you know what? Doing the, the certain techniques a certain number of times will be okay because again, we like I say, it's, it's a Kojima game. The techniques are fun to use, but if it's just like. 50G, you completed it on yeah. easy. 50, 100G, you completed it on hard. Nah, that's, that's not what Metal Gear is about. We need, we need cool achievements. And it'll be the first time a Metal Gear game's had achievements. MGS4 yeah. never got patched for trophies. So thanks for listening. It's been a bit of a mammoth one today. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. And, uh, and do get in touch again about uh, the uh, New Look magazine. Tell us what you think. We'd love to get your comments and feedback. And uh, anything else you want to chat to us about, you can get on Facebook, on Twitter, email us. 
at the usual address. And of course, we've got a new YouTube channel as well, which we, uh, we, we'd love you to check out. There's not many videos on it at the There's moment. There's one on but, there. But, uh, There'll be more next week. We will YouTube. be updating it. We will be updating it next week. The, the uh, channel is called Xbox World, or one word. Um, if you search for it at the moment, because there's only one video, it's not up there. But I think if you just do YouTube forward slash YouTube.com forward slash Xbox World, it will take you to it. Yeah. Will you, um, what kind of content are people going to expect to see up there in that? Us. Oh, not us. A whole load I hate of things. us. Us. Um, some clips from Xbox World TV, which is our new show on the DVD, of course. Um, a whole lot. Oh, we're going to be filming quite a lot in the, in the coming weeks and months. So, uh, maybe a few little commentaries on things and the kind of content people have enjoyed from the DVD. Perhaps, yeah. perhaps, Mike. I don't want to blow my entire wad right now. We'll, on, we'll save some surprises. Wild, save some surprises. No. So, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.